Welcome to Egg Annex Talks, a podcast brought to you by the agriculture brands of Annex Business Media. Join the teams behind Top Crop Manager, Potatoes in Canada, Fruit and Vegetable, Manure Manager, and Canadian Poultry Magazines for compelling conversations with some of the most important voices in Canadian agriculture. Bayer Crop Science is a proud supporter of influential women in Canadian agriculture. As a member of Canada's agricultural community, we recognize the hard work and contributions made by women to this important industry and support the sharing of their voices, stories, challenges, and achievements as a way to recognize everything they bring to the table each and every day. Hi everyone, my name is Brett Ruffle, editor of Canadian Poultry Magazine. Welcome to the latest edition of our Influential Women in Canadian Agriculture podcast series. For this episode, I spoke with Dr. Valerie Carney of Edmonton, Alberta. Valerie has been one of North America's most respected poultry science leaders for nearly two decades. As the Poultry Innovation Partnership lead, she supports excellence in research and innovation in Canada's poultry industry. She's also served in leadership roles with many provincial, national, and international poultry science organizations. And at the University of Alberta, she helps train the next generation of poultry experts. Without further ado, let's talk to Valerie. First off, congratulations on this recognition. Oh, thank you. It's exciting and humbling for sure. Can you start by telling us a little bit about your background in agriculture? Uh, sure. I was, you know, typical city kid. Um, well, maybe not so typical. I, I used to say I uh, resided in the city and lived on the farm. So my grandparents had a farm and every chance I got, uh, I spent out there and I just really grew to love the life, you know, the agricultural life. Um, and from those experiences, I want, always wanted to be a vet. And really, I think it was more I wanted to uh, continue in that agricultural life and have a, have a career that, uh, you know, where I could work with animals. And so at that time, as a young person, the only thing I could identify was, you know, to be a veterinarian until I went into uh, university and I, I was introduced into research. And that um, was the beginning of, of where I am now. Um, and, it, you know, it's just really kept me tied to the agricultural industry, which I still have a real heart for so and how did you make your way to poultry <laughs> a bit a bit of a yeah that's a kind of a funny story uh, I had actually gone to school to be a veterinarian um, and when I started school I, I the first year I, it was like you know I didn't do so well um, I wasn't very focused I went into school as a as a honor student and was like oh geez you have to study so I didn't uh, get into vet school right away. And then I, um, I went into a science degree, uh, finished that degree, and then I didn't get into vet school. I actually didn't even apply because I knew my grades weren't good enough. I thought, well, the other way you can do it is to go through agriculture. And I remember my first class in agriculture was monogastric nutrition. And at the time I knew a little bit about pig farming. So I, I thought, okay, I can do this. Um, and, but I didn't know anything about chickens. And I remember when the chicken guy started to talk, I thought, oh, great, he mumbles. I'm never going to make it. Well, in the end, that chicken guy was Dr. Frank Robinson, who turned out to be my master's supervisor and a lifelong friend and mentor. Um, so it's funny how things take a turn. And to get into research, I remember uh, Dr. Robinson 
had an opportunity at the time, ostriches were really a big thing in, in Alberta. And somebody had brought in a couple ostrich hens that had died and he wanted to dissect them and really look at the ovary. And since this was my second degree, I thought I'm not gonna do like I did the first one. It's gonna be a little bit more than just studying. I'm gonna take every opportunity I can. So I thought, well, I'll go and check out these, these ostrich ovaries. And that is really where I got, you know, uh, turned on to research and, and uh, just that, those curiosities. And, um, and that was, I guess, the beginning of my career uh, in poultry. Um, and to be honest with you, you know, my whole family was kind of from a mixed farming background. And so when I went into poultry, I almost had to apologize because, you know, cattle, that would have been honorable, but, uh, you know, uh, swine, that might've been okay, but chickens, really, they were just sort of a byproduct on your, on, on the chick, on the, you know, on a mixed farm, they kind of just were an entertainment almost. So yeah, it was a it was an interesting decision to go the route of poultry, but I think Frank Robinson was probably the biggest reason I went that way. His enthusiasm and encouragement were important. And so, why have you stuck with it then? What is it about poultry that uh, kept you intrigued? I love this industry. I love that you know the poultry industry is quite varied uh, because of the four different sectors. Um, and I, I love that they, though they're different, they are still connected um, through the supply management. I love, you know, I'm a geneticist by training. So I love the rate of progress uh, that the poultry industry has been able to achieve, um, you know, through uh, genetic selection. Uh, I love that uh, typically, unless most of the time, uh, they can't hurt you when when you're working with them. Uh, you know, I'd had some experiences with cattle, you know, like I said, and it's it can be dangerous. Uh, chickens or turkeys are typically not so dangerous. So uh, yeah, all of that, the people, the the animals, the, the connectedness of the industry, uh, all very exciting. So what does your current role entail? Uh, it's kind of a little bit of everything, you know, I'm as the lead of the poultry innovation partnership, our mission is to advance the Canadian poultry industry uh, through excellence in research tech transfer and mentoring tomorrow's poultry professional and I have to say I'm involved either directly or indirectly with all of those areas. Um, just this last month I've had two papers uh, research papers published. We have a number of tech transfer events going on. Um, every month we've got something going on, right from our innovation showcase to our big events like uh, Western Poultry Conference or Canadian Poultry Research Forum or uh, a new one that we're starting, which is the Feeding Breeders Summit that will be happening this summer. And then, you know, the interaction with, with young people and, and either teaching, which I do just a little bit of, but more helping them to get connected with that real life experience and, and getting onto the farm. So a lot of them are like, just like I was a city kid um, and maybe don't ha even have that advantage of having, you know, a, a relative's farm that they could go to. So trying to get them connected and get them that experience um, with, with real life agriculture. Um, it, it's an important part of what I do. So it's a little bit of everything, a lot of meetings. I have to be uh, honest, it's been uh, a lot of meetings since the pandemic has started. Um, 
but that's a good thing too, getting things done. I heard that's been a uh, bit of a focus for agriculture in terms of getting people from the city life, real world experience to work in agriculture. I think that was yeah. even the theme of one of your presentations. Uh, yeah, yeah, for Innovation Showcase, I think that was uh, one of them. Uh, again, uh, Dr. Frank Robinson is still kind of, well, not kind of, is at the helm of, of that. And uh, I'm just happy to sort of be along for the ride and, and helping to connect uh, some of the dots where I can and be a support where I can and, and connect the industry to the students and the students to the industry. Um, it's really important that, uh, because people are, are even more removed or don't have those connections to, to agriculture that, that uh, if they have that interest to get them connected or at least understanding where their food comes from and, and what the agricultural industry uh, is about so that they could tell two friends and so on and so on. So what do you think can be done to uh, better connect people to agriculture and how their food is produced? Um, I think a lot of things, you know, you know, as I said, through the uh, university, of course, providing those opportunities for students, but those opportunities can start way earlier with students. And we've done some things, again, working with Dr. Frank Robinson, where we connected um, uh, the, we have a green certificate program, which is an opportunity for training uh, for students uh, in, in uh, high school. Um, and so we, we did a project working with a small town high school that gave students an opportunity to raise hens and learn about agriculture and get that training that way. You know, everything from connecting with the public through our heritage uh, chicken program. So we offer uh, informational sessions and there's of course a lot of information that we uh, transfer to, to city folk uh, who are interested in our heritage hens um, through our newsletters. It's just really important that people um, start to get a balanced, uh, balanced information about agriculture and their food. And so we have a number of initiatives where we try to connect them with that in a very welcoming and accessible way. So what does a typical workday look like for you? <laughs> well, I think I said it, uh, a, lot of, a lot of Zoom meetings, but now that things are starting to open up, um, a lot of uh, still meetings, but meetings where we're bringing people together, together trying to connect um, producers uh, with subject matter experts, uh, trying to connect researchers with, with uh, the commercial industry, trying to connect the public uh, with uh, real world agriculture. Um, so we have a number of events going on. Still a little bit of uh, research in the barn research, although I don't do that as much as I used to. I used to say that my day could start in a pair of coveralls and end in a, in a conference business suit. Um, and I still have a little bit of that, but I have to be honest, I'm probably in front of my computer and my camera way more than I would prefer, but that is the nature of it right now. Can you talk a little bit about some of the industry work you've done in terms of, you know, Poultry Science Association and that sort of thing? Oh yes, I'm still uh, involved with the Poultry Science Association, although my role has, um, you know, 
I'm not, at one time I was the president of the Poultry Science Association in 2018. And that was, uh, that came sort of as, as I, over years of service uh, to, to that organization, um, you know, everything from being the local uh, planning committee chair, where we had a meeting here in 2006 to reviewing papers and judging student uh, competitions and uh, volunteering on committees. Um, and now I'm, I'm back to that, uh, you know, organizing um, sessions uh, for, for the Poultry Science Association, still reviewing papers. Um, but being a president of that association has been such, was such a remarkable experience. I have a lot of uh, obviously respect for the association and the way that it connects uh, poultry scientists uh, globally. Um, and it really has a, a high standard of research that uh, it endeavors to, to maintain and to grow. Um, and I, I really respect them for that, that the quality of the, of the research that they publish is, is of high standard. Uh, their uh, impact factor continues to grow. Um, and the opportunity to connect with like-minded folks at the, uh, at the meetings and that's through some of the other events is just um, a great opportunity for, for you know, uh, any poultry scientist. I think you'll find in that association that once you become a member, um, people tend to stay a member. Uh, the challenge I think for the industry now is to, to um, to build their membership with, with new and upcoming uh, poultry scientists um, and get them to, to see the value uh, that it will have for their career, for sure. So you obviously have a very full plate. So how do you find balance? Balance sometimes is a daily work and sometimes I find it's in seasons. So you, it depends on your perspective. Um, I, I recognize that some seasons are are very busy and that's just the nature of them. But in those seasons, I'm already planning for some downtime. Um, but even within a day, uh, I hope to find some, some balance. I have to be honest with you, not every day or even in every season am I always uh, so successful. But um, I think you have to be intentional about it. Um, I wish I could give some... Um, really wise words here other than it's a work in progress. I, I would have to say I'm still, I'm still working to find uh, a good healthy balance on some days. Um, you helped lead the rebranding of the Poultry Research Center into the Poultry Innovation Partnership. Can you talk a little bit about that project? Yeah, so the Poultry Research Center was uh, again, uh, initiated by Dr. Frank Robinson um, and had a, a strong uh, 30, 30 year run uh, or 35 year run. Um, and it was really built around uh, the stature of uh, Dr. Frank Robinson's research in uh, reproductive physiology uh, in broiler breeders. And I, I say it was built around that, and it's really more about his reputation and his ability to bring people together and work together. And, and from there, you know, that mission of excellence in research and tech transfer and mentoring tomorrow's poultry professional uh, sprung from that. 
And, you know, that's really been a strong foundation for the Poultry Innovation Partnership. But what we found uh, in the latter years is that um, as, as the world got more complex, it really needed um, some oversight and somebody uh, driving it. Um, and so um, I, was, I was glad that, you know, my work as the tech transfer coordinator for the Poultry Research Center allowed me to have that connection with the poultry industry that made it a natural um, evolution to move into a, a leadership type position and bring people together. What evolved and what changed um, from the Poultry Research Center to the Poultry Innovation Partnership is just, uh, it was a culture shift really. Um, the Poultry Research Center um, had a model where the industry um, funded uh, work done at the University of Alberta, but wasn't really involved uh, in, in sort of setting uh, or, or articulating their needs. Um, and so what changed in the Poultry Innovation Partnership, I said it was kind of like moving from a, a, a catered event where you paid your money and, and uh, bought a ticket and waited for dinner to be set before you. It changed more to a, a potluck type uh, organization. So that was that culture shift where, uh, you know, everybody uh, contributed and everybody profits from that, uh, from that effort, that collective effort. And so my motto in life in general has been, we're better together. And you can really see that through the Poultry Innovation Partnership that by uh, working together, sharing knowledge, resources, um, uh, networks, uh, opening doors for each other that uh, we're able to accomplish a lot more than any of the organizations could have accomplished on their own. And I have to say, that's probably one of the most rewarding things uh, that I've been a part of uh, in my career. And now a word from our sponsor. The Women Entrepreneurship Knowledge Hub is a diverse nationwide network of researchers, practitioners, women entrepreneurs, and key stakeholders striving to create a more inclusive and supportive environment to grow women's entrepreneurship in Canada. Their recent report, The State of Women's Entrepreneurship in Canada 2022, shows that despite the array of challenges, women entrepreneurs have demonstrated an incredible resilience, ingenuity, and ability to innovate amid the uncertainty of the past two years. The report builds on previous research that explored the experiences of diverse women entrepreneurs, including rural and farming women, and the opportunities and challenges faced by women in the current innovation ecosystem. Learn more about the state of women entrepreneurship and how an inclusive innovation ecosystem could benefit your farming business at wekh.ca. So what would you say is the biggest risk you've taken in your career? <laughs> risk um you know it's funny i i was thinking about this question i'm i would say i'm not a huge risk taker although uh i don't i'm not afraid of change um and so it's interesting to me when i when i applied for this position or applied for the position of tech transfer i'm going to be completely honest with you i didn't even know what that meant i didn't even know what tech transfer meant but i knew that it was an opportunity to uh, move back to Alberta and work with uh, uh, Dr. Frank Robinson and, and the team uh, back in Alberta that I had left, you know, nine or 10 years uh, previously. 
Um, and so I think that was the biggest risk. And for me, it was risky because I didn't really know what I would be doing or if I could do the job um, and bringing with it uh, my whole family. So I was moving, uh, you know, from, from the U.S. back up to, up to Canada. And I now had uh, three young babies and, and a husband that I was bringing with me. So. And how did you manage all that? You know, it's funny, people ask me that all the time. And I think it's one of those things you do what you have to do when you have to do it. Um, and you just get through it. Uh, it, it I, 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 I don't even know, honestly, I look back now and I think, how did I manage all of that? Um, but I, I always have a, this attitude that if it's worth doing, you'll find a way. Um, and that has gotten me through a lot of challenges and a lot of uh, obstacles. Uh, you know, creativity is my friend. Um, and I would say that anybody who knows me would say that I'm, I'm strong in ideas. Um, and fortunately, I have good people around me who can help turn those ideas into, into action. Um, and it's not just the people around me, but I mean, I, I, I could say it's employees and other staff, but it's also family and, and friends. You know, it, I, I, I think life would be much harder if you didn't have um, supports around you. And I, and I have a lot of that. So I'm very appreciative of that. Can you talk about a particular challenge you faced, um, how you overcame that and what you learned from it? Challenges are common. And I think they're coming more often and more frequently and are more complex now than they, than they ever used to be. Um, but in general, I would say that Again, creativity is the way. There's got to be a way to get uh, through this, to remain positive, to remain focused, um, but not so focused that you aren't willing to entertain some some sort of wild ideas or or you know looking at it from a different perspective. So I think it's to be open to the possibilities, um, willing to to try new things, um, but not give up believe that it's worth it and it's worth uh, pressing forward. Um, I also think, you know, like I've had a number of challenges where I think I could have got caught up in um, the emotion, the, you know, of it all. It's, it's kind of like being in a boat in a storm. Uh, yes, it's scary, but just don't let the water in your boat. Um, and so that's what I mean by that emotion. When that emotion starts to overcome you, um, you can't think clearly. And, uh, you know, you might have a moment or a day like that, but don't let it become the norm. You know, get back to, to work and, and start thinking creatively about how you're going to get through it and who's going to, who you can rely on and uh, what, what you might need uh, to, for, to get where you need to go. So. So what is your, uh, what is your proudest career achievement or a defining moment of your career? You know, I've had a, uh, a number of moments where I've been so proud, um, but typically anything that re that involves, um, you know, pulling together a diverse team or, or overcoming a, a challenge um, is, is really kind of what excites me or, or makes me really proud. And so when I think about that, I think about, you know, how we did um, together with the industry 
rebrand and rejuvenate the poultry innovation partnership it was it was um it was a great uh organization as a poultry research center but it was um sort of flagging um for for a number of years and so to see the the uh rejuvenation and the the uh, excitement and the the commitment of our partners all working together to, and and really making a difference uh for the industry uh that is that's what makes me proud to be a part of that so what's the best piece of advice you received and what advice would you give to others thinking about pursuing a career in ag you know it's not it's not uh, all that clever or, or unique, but I think, um, but I'm often reminded of it. And the best piece of advice I ever got was from my mom. And it's, uh, this too shall pass. Um, and it's really good advice because whether it's uh, good times or bad times, it's going to change. And I think, I think that's the, the thing that I, I keep in the back of my mind. Don't get too comfortable when things are going well and don't get too dismayed when things are not going well. Um, because it, it's going to change and just be ready, be looking, be, be preparing uh, for, for what's next, what's coming next. And sometimes you don't know that, but you can still prepare for, uh, be prepared to be resilient and to respond and, and come out of it, so. So what is it that keeps you excited about agriculture after all these years? Um, you know, agriculture is about growth and, um, I, when I think about agriculture, I think about uh, how it is always growing. It's finding new ways and better ways um, to feed the world and to balance the needs of the world, you know, whether it be people or the planet or profit. Um, and that, that is what excites me is that there's, there's, it's always growing, it's always changing. And so speaking of change, so how do you see the ag, the ag industry changing in the next five to 10 years? And what would you like to see more of? Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's become much less predictable, I would say, in the last little while. And um, I think the industry uh, will continue to grow um, and become more resilient and be able to respond quicker and more effectively to the challenges, uh, some disasters and and even the opportunities, but by working together, I think um, you know we're going to be more coordinated. Uh, we'll have better communication, and, and we'll be playing to our strengths. Uh, so uh, I'm excited to see that. You know, th this is sort of what fuels me is that um, what can be achieved by growing uh, and working together. Uh, we're better than the individual parts um, when we work together, I think. Have you noticed any of that collaboration with how poultry's responded to the avian influenza outbreak of the last few months? Well, yeah, it's been huge. And even uh, the Poultry Innovation Partnership has been a part of, of, of that. You know, I, it's a terrible situation, but I am encouraged to see how the industry has pulled together is sharing information, sharing resources um, to, to try to overcome and to support uh, each other uh, through this challenge. Um, it, it's, it's encouraging for 
uh, you know, what might be in the future as well. If we can uh, continue to support each other like this, I think uh, we'll be able to manage what comes next because you know there will be something next. Yeah, what stood out to you in terms of the industry's response to this outbreak? Uh, you know, one of the things I've, I've been in a number of uh, industry meetings lately, not specifically around uh, avian influenza. Um, I know those things, there's a lot of uh, activity and information and meetings happening and, and we're uh, only involved indirectly. But what has stood out for me when I've gone to uh, these industry meetings is the gratitude that they have for each other and for the efforts that uh, uh, each um, group or organization is contributing and, and that it's articulated, that uh, there is an appreciation for, for um, everybody pulling together and, and uh, digging in, trying, trying to help. So I, I'm encouraged by that. So why do you think it's still important to recognize the achievements of women in agriculture? Um, I think it's important so that, you know, those young women who are entering or even considering uh, agriculture as a career so that they can find themselves, find examples of themselves and, and know that there's room for them to contribute and to make a difference um, that they can, so that they have, examples and and mentors to to uh, look up to and and inspire them okay so away from the workplace how do you like to spend your downtime uh yeah that's a difficult question um you know i was thinking about that right now it's a really busy season so what do i do for downtime but i do enjoy um you know in the summertime gardening i love spending time with my friends and hosting uh, hosting get-togethers and, and parties. Uh, hospitality is a, a real sort of gift of mine. I enjoy it uh, a lot. Um, I love spending time with my family um, and just being outdoors. All right. Well, thanks a lot for your time. All right. Thanks, Brett. Thanks for tuning in to Ag Annex Talks, the podcast hosted by the agriculture brands of Annex Business Media. You can subscribe to Ag Annex Talks wherever you listen to podcasts or visit eggannex.com to catch up on all of our other episodes.